Really well, man. Really well. How's your day? But what time is it for you right now? It's like seven o'clock. Yeah, it's seven. Um, just got back in. Actually, we just went for kayak day. Out. Uh, wait for you, bigger. I don't need to see myself. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, just got back in from basically spent the day out on the water and hiking, kayaking. So yeah, it was good. Good day today. That's wicked, man. Where whereabouts are whereabouts were you kayaking? Uh, just in Halifax, just by um, Dartmouth kind of area. So it was, uh, excuse me, yeah, it was a beautiful day for it. Water was nice. So was nice. That's just wicked, man. That's wicked, man. Yeah, it's like uh, halfway through the afternoon here. We actually just uh, we went to a local beach here to walk uh, one of my girlfriend's friend's dogs just down by the beach. So we were out in the sun for a couple hours as well, man. Just grabbed some lunch on the way back, and I just made a little cup of tea. Thought I'd sit down here and chill out. Yeah, I got the same thing. I was like, oh, I'm tired. It just hits me getting older, so it's just being in the sun all day. Yeah, man, I love that, dude. So, yeah, wicked, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on here and uh, being willing to chat and and kind of um, give me a little bit of your time as well. But I I wanted to, I guess, kind of let you have the opportunity to introduce yourself for anybody listening to this or watching this and just kind of tell them yeah. like kind of who you are and what you're all about. And then, uh, yeah, we can talk about valor as well, but I want to give, yeah. let you give your own little introduction so that I don't butcher it at all. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Any, you know, I mean, any questions, ask whatever, it's all good. Um, so I'm Garrett Moore. I came originally from Winnipeg, 35 years old. And, um, I joined the RCMP. I graduated in 2012. Um, March and my first post was Nunavut, Iqaluit, and I remember in Depot, like uh, I came from Winnipeg, so there was an opening in Headingley, which was like 15 minutes from my parents' house, and I was kind of like, nah, you know, I wanted to north, I wanted to see the north and see kind of what it was all about and get that experience. And uh, I originally wanted to go to one of the small communities in Nunavut. Um, they weren't sending a lot of recruits there um, at the time I went. There's kind of one guy six months before me to a year before me, and then kind of about the same after that. Um, so I was fortunate enough to uh, get picked to go to that post. So I went there and, um, yeah, I just from 2012, I was there till about summer of 2014. Uh, from there, I went to Alberta, just outside the Insurance Park. Um, really loved it there, too. Great experience. And I wanted to come back east. And so I talked and said I wanted to go back east. And so I had to go back north to come back east. So I went back to Calhoun. So for the second tour in 2017 and did that for until about 2019. Um, and then in 2019, I transferred here to Nova Scotia. But um, kind of what triggered my, my post and my transfer to Nova Scotia was uh, my Northern Medical clearance was revoked for PTSD and for my medical status. Um, I knew I was kind of battling the symptoms and stuff since... You know, a lot of the stuff that originally happened in the early onset of my career when you're kind of young and doing everything and so you don't really understand it, you kind of just put your head down and want to work every minute of every day. So I, I did that. And kind of years later, I knew I was having symptoms, but I didn't really know what it was. And then um, as they kept going, I, I was fortunate enough in junior to have a lot of experience and a lot of opportunities. So at the same time, I didn't want to, I didn't fully want to disclose all of my stuff to limit those opportunities or I just want to keep working because when you're working 
and the music's playing, that's when you feel normal, you're in control. Like I was in those tough calls and in those wild calls, that's when I'm in control of everything. And it's when the music stops and you're home alone. And that's when, that's when the symptoms kind of come to the surface I found for myself. So um, I came forward and then my Northern medical was revoked. And then I came down to Nova Scotia and I've kind of been doing treatment ever since. Um, done a lot of courses for mental health stuff. Dude. That's crazy, man. So you kind of been all over the country as well. Like, um, I, like if you don't mind me asking, like what, what are the biggest differences? Like when you, when you go to these different places, like when you're, when you're up in equality, like what's the difference between like being a RCMP officer there as opposed to like, I know you don't really, you weren't really stationed around Vancouver, but like I grew up in Vancouver here. Like what would be the biggest differences yeah. between those? So my biggest uh, thing that I noticed when I was in Iqaluit, I did a lot of work in the communities too, where there's even less resources, but in Iqaluit, um, in, in Nunavut, the, you're, you're kind of it. So you're the social worker, you're the counselor, you're the taxi driver, you're, you're kind of, you're heavily relied upon to solve a wide range of issues. And, um, it's kind of on the fly because there's a lot of calls it's busy it's violent it can be violent um where when i went down south to alberta it took me by kind of storm the first few shifts because they were calling for air one they were calling for the dog they were calling for all these resources where when i, when I came from it was just a couple of us working shift and a couple hard-working men and women that would just we would kind of do what we had to do to get the job done and um, the resources in the South has definitely made things a lot streamlined and a lot uh, safer, and, but it was kind of just the reality. And then even when you're working on in the smaller detachments in, in Nunavut, and, and I'm sure it's the same in the other territories and even in the smaller spots in Northern Vancouver, Northern BC and Northern Alberta, Saskatchewan and everywhere else is you're kind of, um, you're solving files when you're at the grocery store, like you're, you're, you can have a knock on your door. Everyone knows where you live. Everyone knows who you are. I was always called by my first name. And, and you know what? I really liked that. It was it was kind of what I wanted out of the gate and the kind of policing style that I, that I was hoping for. So it was it's definitely more, um, it do more um, engage with the community because at the end of the day, like the community is has your back too and has your safety because they know that you're the, the Mountie in town or you're a police officer in town. So they kind of protect you too and help you through that. So I noticed some of the biggest difference was that definitely resources for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, that's what I was going to, I was thinking that as you were speaking about that, like in Vancouver here, you know, like we have like the canine units, we have like gang task force, we have all these different guys, but I mean, if you have like a limited number of guys or girls in the area that are RCMP officers, it's like the same people being called for every single thing. It doesn't matter what it is or what resources you need. It's just the same people, no matter what, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times you kind of learn, you know, who's on conditions or you know who needs help that week or who's might be, might be struggling and then be homeless that week. So you might need to check up on them or might need to drive by their area because it could be struggling in the winter with heat and you know who lives in which like um fishing shacks or which boats and stuff like that so you it's kind of um it's more i don't know if i want to say it's old school but it's more of like the grassroots for sure of 
uh, doing more than just call to call because you have to, and that's what to to help the community too, and that's what and you need the community as well. So that's what I noticed, and that's kind of what drew me a lot to it as well. To start um, was that kind of avenue being relied upon like that. So um, and you're also when you're working, there's a limited number of people. So when you're off, you're also listening to the radio, you know, because that's your, your uh, family working and it's, you know, that they don't have a lot of backup. And so you're listening and you, and you get worried that there's a big call or there's a, something going on. And so you're listening going, do you need me to come in? Do you need me to come in? Or a lot of times people be coming in because they know they need to, the people working need the backup, but they didn't have time to call for it. So it's, uh, it's a lot of like that too. But I also noticed too, is the camaraderie between families up there. It's um, like when I first landed in 2012, um, my field, my field coach, his wife was making, <laughs> I was a young pup. His wife was making me lunches and to take to work. And I was staying at their house and they were bringing over dinners and stuff. It's, there was potlucks all the time. It was, yeah. So uh, the camaraderie I found was, was really big. And uh, I, I like that a lot too. Yeah, I was going to say that's almost like a, a benefit because you hear about like all the drama that goes on in the States and you hear about the, like some of the reasoning behind it. Um, you hear like, oh, it's because these people are getting stationed from like counties they don't live in. They don't know the community. They're unaware of like kind of social norms that go on in those communities or, you know, who's kind of uh, who the actual troublemakers are and who are the people that just kind of, you know, are out and about typically, right? Like there's like the hoodlums and then there's the people that just really don't have anything better to do. And there's kind of a difference. Like you kind of definitely know that. Like we, we see that a lot on like the, uh, yeah. like the downtown East side here in Vancouver. Like there's people that are causing a little bit of ruckus, but then there's yeah. the actual hoodlums that are, you know, putting other people's lives at danger. And um, I guess that's one of yeah. the bigger benefits. Do you find, did you find that ever to be like a problem though? Like being known by like your community? You know, yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you get, sometimes you can get some interesting files where you're threatened a little bit and they know where you live and they mention that. Um, and it's kind of something that you deal with, especially if you see them out in, in at the grocery store. So I, I know there's a lot of positives to sometimes not staying a place too long or not living there. Um, but then if you're in a tight knit community, it's also positive to know kind of who's who and, and know like maybe does someone need to get driven to a friend's house tonight because you know what I mean? sometimes when they drink they get in fights or sometimes um when they're they're, they're vulnerable and, and maybe they need somewhere else to stay tonight and you can they have that trust when you talk to them on the street and you say hey how are you safe tonight and they have that trust with you knowing that you have their best interest at heart so it's it's uh, definitely personal where they can they, you gain more trust that way um at the same time, it also burns you out the same, uh, after a while too, because you're always on duty. Yeah, where, yeah. Wherever you're going, and whenever you're off. Yeah, I get that, man. I used to, I used to manage a gym actually here, and um, we had a lot of the guys, like, because we had a station right around the corner, so a lot of the guys were coming into the gym, and they were like pretty hush hush, like they didn't even really want a lot of people knowing that they were officers. Like whether they were VPD yeah. or RCMP, they were just kind of like really wanted to keep it on the down low most of the time. Yeah, for sure. I see that too. You know what I mean? I think sometimes for myself, you go through phases where it's like sometimes they want to wear that patch on their on their backpack and sometimes they want to be anonymous. So I think it's um 
it's definitely a perk. I know sometimes, even for me, sometimes in the gym, you want to be sometimes anonymous and sometimes people know who you are. And it's, I think it's all just how you, uh, how you carry yourself. They'll respect you if you're respect worthy too. So. Yeah. 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 I feel that for sure. Um, when you, when you started, uh, kind of speaking up a little bit more about mental health, was there like ever like a fear, like of stigma in the workplace or with your, with your employers or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like for sure. There's, there's like, um, it's almost like a label. You're kind of like diseased. I think sometimes you can feel, um, I'm sure there's a lot of members that, uh, and officers that haven't had that experience. And, and I think that's awesome that they've kind of had the supporting management to that understand it. I find for me personally, I think, and it's kind of backwards, I think to a lot of the normal, the norm would think is kind of like the hardened or the, the toughest, um, most tactful people, military or whatever that you would think are actually the most compassionate for this stuff. And it's, and I'm not saying other people aren't, I'm just saying that a lot of times because they've been through it or they've witnessed it and they understand it. So I think a lot of times if people haven't been engaged in those type of things in their career and, and they're, and, and I, I look at that as you've been fortunate not to, but if you haven't really engaged in it, then sometimes you go, don't go in with a preemptive opinion on it because everyone's different too. Like you could have, People that have PTSD, you can't even, a lot of times you don't even know that they have it. Majority of the time, people that have. And I think for me, it was, I knew that um, positions would be limited for me once I did come forward. Um, and at that point, I just had to make the decision that um, I am more than just PTSD and I can still accomplish a lot and I can still have a lot to bring to the table. So whatever I need to do to make sure that I'm healthy for my family is what I got to do. I think for me going into it, I kind of knew that I would be, I would have positions that were, that were no longer available to me just for the fact of having that label. And it's unfortunate that just the way that the kind of the world is right now. And I think um, the more people that are coming forward, because you can see this, like, I'm sure with your podcast and stuff is once one person puts their hand up, three more do. And once those three more people do, and it's, it's to be working in these environments, whether you're policing fire or ambulance or corrections or any other uh, positions like that, you see things that are not something you see every day. And you see them all the time. That I mean, civilians wouldn't see every day. So to naturally process that and not, while not getting help or not, managing that through professionals or through talking and is um you're almost set up that eventually you're going to come down the road where you're you're burnt out and or you're you're then needing it rather than preemptively doing it so um that's why these podcasts and things are, are fantastic because then a lot of people i noticed when i came forward and, and talked about my situation is more people started knocking on my door saying hey i kind of feel that too or hey my wife or my husband says that <laughs> i've been getting more pissy lately or I've been doing this lately or I'm zoned out, I'm zombied out. And, and it's like, yeah, it's normal. It's normal. Like, let's talk about it and let's, let's make this, um, let's make this known. Like there's no, there's nothing to be ashamed of. If you broke your arm, I wouldn't tell you to hide your broken arm. So our brain's the most important thing we have. So it's, it's uh, for me, it was kind of a known 
Um, we're kind of, I think, in the infancy stage of of bringing this stuff to light and bringing that we all, all are more than just PTSD. And it's not just a, a disease that can be easily transferred. Because I think, I think that was kind of my opinion. Uh, I felt a little bit when I came forward is people might've thought that just me being around them, they were going to get PTSD or other people officers were going to get it. So they didn't want me around. And it's <laughs> like, this, uh, we're just giving people an avenue so then they don't feel like they don't have anything. And, and um, that's, I think the biggest thing with PTSD in my experience and opinion is you hide out and you, and isolate, you isolate and you, you almost are shamed and you don't want to do it because you feel that that's the end of the road for you. Like you are not going to get another job. You're not going to, your career is done. Your life is done. And for all of us and like me growing up, policing was it. Like they can talk, talk to my science teachers. They told me never take science again and they'll pass me. Like, so then to think that, Oh, now I have this. I can't say I have that because then I'm, I'm going to be done. I resonate with that a lot because when I used to work in the gym and I was a general manager there, I, um, there was a moment, there was a point where I was just like super depressed and I was bouncing between medications. I, I got to a point where like I lost like 50 pounds over the course of like a month and a half, two months. And it was like pretty brutal for me. Like I wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping. And I remember I got to the point where I go to my district manager and I'm like, man, like I, I ended up having to take like a month off, like leave. And I was just so terrified. I'm like, I'm going to get demoted, man. There's no way. I was like, there's no way I can be like a, a general manager at a gym, you know, yeah. like, a, cause I had to take like a, a leave off. I'm like, man, like there's no way they're going to let me continue to run a gym. Like I've got staff under me and I, I just was like, so terrified. I was like, but at the end of the day, like this, my life's not going to continue going on like this. Like I can't do this. So like, I'm just going to talk to them and, and say like, look, if you guys want to let me go, I understand, but I need like a little bit of time to figure this out because like the medication I'm on is not working and the way I'm living is definitely not working. So I, I, I resonate, man. I resonate with what you're saying. I, I think the, it, it, it ended up becoming kind of something that connected me more with, with them as well, because then they would always kind of, they'd be asking me before I even had to come forward, like, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, but it also made my staff like a lot more comfortable coming forward and being able to talk to me about like, Hey man, this part of the job is making me super anxious. Cause I ran a sales team as well. So it was definitely like not, not high pressure in the sense that you deal with, but it was definitely like, there was things that made them anxious. Like, Hey man, if I'm not good enough, am I going to lose my job? Like, am I not going to be able to pay my bills anymore? And, uh you know the more i was kind of open about those things like i always thought that they would be like okay this guy's like how is this guy even going to manage us but it ended up becoming like yeah. okay this is the only guy i can talk to about this shit now yeah exactly. and you know what i think the biggest thing that i noticed i talk to people now too is with them when they came forward is, is their open-mindedness it's like they're more open to that you know what these issues are just or these things you're struggling with are just excuse me, or just something they're struggling with. Like, we're going to work through this. Like, it's not, it opens up the lines where it's not, um, assumptions aren't as made, aren't made as much. And it's not as, um, just like criticizing. It's more of like, let's talk it out. Because that's when a lot of the breakdowns come. I find is when, when we stop talking. And even with me, like when I started talking, and they realized that 
I'm open and, and I'll answer any questions. So then they're learning and then it's, I'm learning too from them and what their kind of issues are or what their struggles are too and what kind of their setbacks are and how do we move forward to make this better. And that's kind of the biggest thing. And at the end of the day, it's all we want. All of us want to go grudges. It's not about hate. It's all about just how do we make everything better and everyone feel um, equal. Yeah, 100%. I think that 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 uh, idea of like not being less than or being looked at as less than because uh, like being you said being equal, but like I think a lot of people that deal with kind of mental illness or anything like that, there's this idea, like we we always have this idea or this connotation that we're like looked at as less than. But I like how you say like there's like this this feeling of like equality. There's this feeling that like. And I liked as well, like you related it to like a physical injury. Like, it's like, if I had a fractured, like if I had a fractured arm or something, like you might not be able to see it. But if I tell you like, yo, my arm is really fucking killing me, man. And I got an x-ray done and it turns out I got a fracture in my arm. You'd be like, all right, bro. Like maybe we've got to share this load a little bit. Like maybe I got to help you out a little bit, but understanding like that's like a temporary thing, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing a lot of people think is once you get, diagnosis or once you're kind of working through it it's not a life sentence it's you can still have your 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 trajectory or your life you might have to pivot a little bit to kind of make things work but that just makes growth and that's just the direction that you go that you're in now and for for me it was um you finding new identities or finding new that that isn't just what you are you could be a lot more than this and uh opens up your mind and your eyes kind of to the whole world rather than just kind of tunnel vision of this is what I am and this is who I am. And, and if I can't be that, I'm nothing where it's like, no, I still, I'm not, I'm still proud of my accomplishments. I wouldn't change a thing that gave me the P that gave me PTSD because that's what the community needed of me at that time. And there's such, obviously we ruminate and go back and forth and we play events that we could have done differently. But at the end of the day, we wouldn't take ourselves out of that. And I think as we come forward with, like you said, talking to your staff and, and other people like that, everyone has, needs someone to talk to at one point or another in their lives. Like whether they want to admit or not, everyone can benefit from talking and everyone can learn from each other. And, and that's kind of what I think this, it's almost, it feels like it's almost like a push nowadays where there's more people standing up saying, no, no, we're all good. We're all equal. We have struggles. Some days are worse than the others. Some hours are worse than the others. Some minutes, right? We all have that in 10 minutes where you're pissed off and, and um, you're upset or you're, you're overwhelmed and 10 minutes later, you know, you feel bad and you move on. And it's, um, we all have those moments. And it's okay. And it's just working through it each day. And, um, but like you said, the old, old thinking is all broken arms. That's big. Sorry, buddy, but head injury, ah, suck it up. And we're getting away from that, which, which I uh, am super excited about with all these podcasts like yours and everything going on. Yeah, man. So talk to me about like Valor and like how you guys got that started and, yeah. and kind of what that movement's all about. Cause that, it interested me a lot, man. Yeah. So Graham and I started Valor. We were kind of, we were both going through treatment together and um, a few times we we're walking through the OSI to the operational stress injury clinic and we're like, Hey, you here too? Hey, we see the same person. Like, <laughs> it's like, and then it's cause we both in Nunavut together and, we kind of both knew we were both going through PTSD and kind of talking a little bit. And then as, as we kind of grew closer here in Nova Scotia is it was like, why don't we do something 
Like there's, there's, there's a lot of companies out there, but like, why don't we do something where it's just about pride and it's just, it's not about us. It's about a community and it's about everyone that can wear their shirt with pride and with honor and be a part of something. And, and every dollar that we earn goes to charity and we make good quality shirts. We don't cheap out. We're not trying to make a buck. We don't care. It's all about donating and giving back to mental health and everyone having a sense of pride. Like, excuse me, a lot of times I know I struggled personally before and I've talked to other people that have too, it's the identity. So once you're not able to wear that uniform, whether it be for a week or whether it be for a month or a year or however long you need to recover for, it's, you lose your identity. Like that's not, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not, that's who I am. I'm nothing now. So we wanted to have a company that was, that was integrity and, and transparency when you can wear this shirt with pride knowing that you are a part of this and we're equal and everyone's welcome even if you're civilian if you're a family member or if you're a friend or you just want to support that's all it means everyone's welcome we're not we're it's as long as you hold the same values as what we do and that's equality and that's not spreading hate and that's that's just um bringing each other to make each other better and that's kind of what brought us together to start Valor and we kind of played around with the design and played around with the shirts and then all of a sudden it was we had we were making an order for our first batch of clothing and we've kind of been running ever since. Do you guys have like any like uh speaking of like anxiety, do you guys have like any anxiety around like creating this thing to begin with? Yeah, for sure. You know, we were kind of bouncing it back and forth and it was kind of good that both of us were in on it because there would be some days where it was like dude, man, I need a break today. I can't, can you do this email? Can you do this? Like, and going back and forth. And, and then ultimately when you do come forward, there's obviously some hesitation that you're putting your name out there. And, and once you're kind of over that hill, it's, it's, you realize that there's like a whole world over, over top of that little being open with your diagnosis and everything. Yeah. So humility is one of the things, the biggest things that I, that some of us struggle with where it's, I can do it all. I'm the man, I'm the woman. I, you know what I mean? I held this badge. I could do it all. And, and in fact, we can't. We're as good as our team. So when we're relying on our team, whether it's um, our office staff or whether it's our spouses or whether it's each other, it's going, hey, does this email sound good? Does this look good? What's your thoughts on this? Because you know, you know, like we all make mistakes. We all don't know anything. We're all just, we're all just trying to make each other better basically so that was low valor it was just we want to make everyone better we're full transparent we have no ulterior motives it's all just about making everyone proud to proud of what they have accomplished by coming forward or what they've accomplished in their friends or family coming forward and, and i think that's kind of the biggest thing where a lot of us struggle with is realizing it's a big accomplishment coming forward like it's it's we were diagnosed with this but to come forward and to be proud that is a big step in your journey and if you're not ready yet shoot us a dm and we'll help you through that like we're we're with you and if you're not ready we'll talk behind the scenes no big deal eventually we'll get to there and it's it's a huge honor to know that you have a backing and support system and the community is much larger than even any of us realize it's just there's podcasts everywhere and it's just bringing everyone together. So that was kind of our biggest thing. Like when you guys first started, like it was just the two of you, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So we kind of just started, um, we, you know, it was just us talking over lunch. And then we had a couple other people that kind of helped out and, and we kind of relied upon some veterans and, and um, some of our brand ambassadors that we brought in that were also going through their own journey. And we wanted them to kind of, they were, they held the same values as us and, and um, they were helping out. So it's a lot of it's just, it's just a big community. So that was our biggest thing. It's like, it's not about myself at all. It's not about Graham at all. It's about the community and having everyone that when you, when you wear a shirt or you donate or you do it every year, part of the community, you're part of the team. It's not just you support or you bought our shirt and we're the bosses, but we're all together in this. And DMs are always open. That's, that's kind of our biggest thing. Yeah, I love that, man. How many people would you say are kind of helping out with this movement now? Like how many people have you kind of built up this community with? You know, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of kind of, even people behind the scenes where they'll post shirts, they'll post anything to kind of help us gain traction. So there's probably a dozen. Um, there's probably a core group of five or six behind the scenes that are kind of that got their direct hands in it. We're always, we're always open to more. We're always because like I said, um, I met a couple who bought uh, a couple t-shirts who we met in the parking lot. And I said, anytime you want to come help out, like our trade shows or anything we do, there's always chairs open for you. Like, and if it's too overwhelming, no big deal. We'll come to the next one. But anyone is welcome. That's, that's our biggest thing. It's not about Graham and I, it's about the community. And it's about anyone that's involved and anyone that wants to be involved is more than welcome. It's, it's, um, we don't do it for, for any other reason than that like that was our biggest thing it was it's all for donations it's all just for pride and it's all for getting awareness out there that you're, you're more than just ptsd you're you're part of our community and and um anyone that has stigma they're closed-minded we're, we're we're taking over so it's not a big deal i i recently had um I recently had Scott on from, he's got a podcast called multiple calls podcast. He's a firefighter from Ontario. And uh, he, he was talking to me about, you know, I was asking him about stigma and kind of his journey, like kind of, you know, opening up in the force and, and talking to people around there. And he was saying, you know, like, uh, what did he say? He said, there's no way we're going to ever end the stigma. Like there's no way to end racism. There's no, no way to end sexism or anything like that, but we can own the house. We can make them the minority. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? I love that. That's, and that's kind of my frame of mind too. It's like, if you got stigma, you're closed-minded. I ain't going to change it. If you're racist, you're closed-minded. We're not going to change it. But you know what? We're, we're about equality and we're all about we're equality and what, what you are is okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're going to not, or you're going to bring hate or you're going to bring that, you're going to be, you're not going to be a part of our big community because we don't tolerate that. And, and the stigma ain't going to change, but we're taking over because, because we're proud of what we are. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I love that. When, um, like in your experience, cause I know everyone's got their own different kind of like experience with this stuff, but for you when you were kind of uh understanding your ptsd do you think that it came from like one massive traumatic event or was it kind of like the build up a lot of, of a lot of small things like how would you describe that for yeah. someone that maybe doesn't understand yeah for sure so i've done a lot of um different therapy where it's exposure where they try and time it down to a couple major events for me though it was a series of multiple events and um 
from different spots of work and different kind of sections I've worked in, it was kind of a buildup. I noticed big for me was when my daughter was born. That's kind of when the, some of the, some of the child files and some different investigations I've had with that brought, brought a lot of my PTSD symptoms to the surface. And then a lot of it too was once I started really going to therapy and peeling it back and start realizing there's a lot more that I've hidden under there that, that was just rented space waiting to come out. So for me, it could be a lot multiple, for me, it was multiple events. There's a few bigger ones that kind of, I, it took me more time to work through for sure. Um, but it was just like a series of events that at the time you end up just going there and you go to this major scene and you kind of see other officers that are upset or paramedics and you're kind of just numb. You're like, the heart rate doesn't change, nothing changes. And you're just you're like, Hey, I need to work through this. Like, this is not, this is not who I am. This is not what I'm, what I'm about. So um, you realize that things do take a toll, whether you realize it or not, it's in your mind, it's renting space and it's just eventually the rent's going to come due and you, you got to deal with it. And that's, and if you don't, the longer you put it off, you know, and the bigger the debt comes. So for me, it was multiple events and just having to realize my symptoms and how to process each symptom and how to mitigate those. And then do you think like for yourself as well, like, cause excuse me, sorry. I, um, like, you know, with my own mental health journey, I've, I've gone and tried, you know, what I would say, like everything under the sun, man, like I, in terms of like medical intervention with obviously prescriptions, different medicine that I've been on, uh, I've gone through therapy, like group therapy, individual therapy. Um, you know, like I got to a point where I was like, I'll just try whatever you say, doc. Like that's where I was at. Um, did you find that? Yeah. Did you find like, um, yeah, you know, exact same. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy journey, man. Did you find more help in, um, in like kind of the medical intervention or was more of the help that you found just through kind of like talking through it, like with a group or was it kind of like one-on-one -on -one therapy? Like what was the kind of most beneficial yeah. service for you? Yeah. So for me, you know, I started, medication that's kind of the first line they'll give you and and to anyone listening follow your doctor's prescription follow whatever your doctor says and this is just kind of what worked for me is i was prescribed my medication and i was on it for years and i was getting they kept putting me up on meds put me up on meds and you're just a zombie and the side effects are just outweighing the the, the results and you're kind of just like is this even working or am i just like would i feel worse if I wasn't on these meds or would I feel better? Cause you kind of start second guessing yourself. You kind of start thinking, am I in Shutter Island? You're like, am I the only crazy one? So yeah. it was, you, and that, so then, you know, you know, that prescription cannabis, you, they give you a, a CBD and whatever works for you, works for you. And that's my biggest thing. And I don't shut down anything. I've done group therapy. I really like group therapy. Um, I recently worked down to now I'm off all meds, um, which has been huge for me. I've been, it's been like a four or five year journey to, get off them and so I'm off all my meds and through the doctor's prescription and I found kind of group therapy worked was kind of my biggest one um along with group therapy I was still doing I'm still I'm doing my my one-on-one -on -one stuff where you kind of work on what's going through but the group therapy where you're talking to each other and you realize you're not alone but the thing that I was feeling last night this guy felt it too or this girl felt it too it's normal like 
and this is how they work through it. And this is their experience. And I find in those group therapy classes, it's even if you pick up one or two little tips, that goes a long way in your journey. And being open-minded to yourself and your significant other and learning to talk it through, learning to work it through, having a strong support system at home that understands it is one of the best pieces that you can have. And if you're missing any of those pieces, it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, it's a difficult pie. So for me, it was definitely the group. Um, went down the same as you, went down the meds, went down all those rabbit holes. And sometimes a lot of doctors, they'll just, like they're, they're the professionals. I'm not a professional in that sense, but sometimes they like the meds and I don't like them. It, uh, so, but do whatever your doctor prescribes you. Um, but for me, it was more of, I talked to doctors, look, I eventually want to get off these. I don't want to be on these forever. And so we worked on a plan to get off them slowly. And, and eventually um, it, it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? I suffered. You get some side effects. You get some from coming off them or even days when you miss a dose because we're forgetful and all of a sudden you're getting crazy side effects and withdrawals. But so it's, it's definitely a journey and I'm, I'm excited for the place I'm at now where I can be off all of them and, and going through the therapy and kind of not just treading water. Cause I felt like I was just treading water all the time. Like you're just, just surviving rather than getting to the roots of what's going on and kind of working through it that way. When did you uh, start to feel like you weren't treading water anymore? Was it the medication itself, like coming off it or? Yeah, because you know what I felt? I don't know if it was, it's a series of also the PTSD for sure. The medication where you're just numb, you don't feel. And um, that was a series. Um, I felt once I was off and kind of really just dove right in head first. And a lot of times people they'll go to the doctors and they won't give the full story. You're not alone. You're not just, you're not just broken. And that's kind of one of the biggest things for me for sure. Yeah. I, I, I remember like kind of growing up cause I started dealing with depression at a pretty young age. And I remember thinking like, you know, maybe there's no reason for me to feel like this. Like maybe I'm broken because I feel like this. And I feel like that was what made me feel alone. You know, I was like, there's no reason for me to even feel like this. I remember I went to a doctor one time and they were like, well, you're in a relationship, like you have a good job. You have both your parents around. Like, you know, there's no reason for you to kind of like, what's making you depressed. I'm like, man, I'm fucking here to ask you that. Like, I don't know. That's what made me feel broken. I'm like, man, maybe there is nothing that's making me feel like this, but that made me feel like maybe there's nothing I can do to change it. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so many different paths and, and you almost, for me, almost have to like trial and error. Like you said, it's almost like it's a buffet. You just pick what you go. And for me, I just kept loading the plate. Like I'll do anything to get, to get, to get better. I'll, I'll do any treatment you offer. And uh, there's nothing worse than when you, when you almost go there and you're almost gaslit where it's like, well, there should be nothing wrong with you. Well, it just, it just, there's a lot of people that go down to, dark dark roads that are the most wealthiest people in the world that have everything so it doesn't it doesn't matter how people appear on the outside like they could be they're in their own battles everyone has their own battle and it's there's no rhyme or reason for it sometimes and a big thing for me too and valor and all of us is not comparing traumas you know what i mean mine's not cooler than yours theirs isn't cooler than theirs everyone experiences stuff differently even for me, I remember I was talking to a female who I was on a call with her and 
she was telling me how this call affected her. And, and for me, it, it, it didn't resonate with me, but it affected her. And then there was another call where it resonated with me, but didn't affect her. So we're all different. We're all wired different. And it doesn't matter if you don't think what they went to was significant. It was significant to them. And it affected them from either how they're something in their past, how they were raised or what, I don't know. But it was, we can't be comparing traumas and thinking one's cooler than the other or one's more important than the other. It's that person was affected and how do we get them feeling better about themselves? Yeah, yeah. I like the way you say that because I've always like thought of that like as like, um, you know, pain is pain, man. Like it doesn't really matter like what relative yeah. pain like anyone's been through or even like, for example, like temperature as well. Like someone could be in Vancouver here, man, and it could be like winter time. It's like coldest it gets is like negative ten, and they're like, "Man, it's really cold here." You know, if you were to say that to someone that lives in like Alberta in the middle of winter, they'd be like, "Man, shut the hell up, man. Negative ten's warm." Yeah, absolutely. I remember, you know, it was a story I went to. I had to go to the chiropractor. This is super lame. I was like, my shoulder. I like hurt my rotator cuff so bad. Like, what'd you do? I was like, oh, the ketchup bottle had like nothing left and I was making eggs. So I smacked it down to get the ketchup to the bottom. And I just like, I'm getting old. My rotator cuff was just on fire. I'm like, this is the lamest story ever. But you know what? The injury doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like the injury doesn't care if I was impressive in 500 pounds. I was just tossing some ketchup around. So it was just like totally it. Like it doesn't matter what caused it. It, it caused it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Have you found, um, because of like you coming out and kind of speaking about like your mental health journey, like it kind of made you ineligible for positions that you might be able to get promoted to, or that you'd be able to work in. And, uh, I don't know if that's like a reality or just like a feeling you were dealing with, but like, what kind of positions would those be? And is that like kind of like a door that's closed forever or. You know, for me, sometimes it comes with some positions holds, uh, different medical profiles. So, once you're diagnosed or you have certain symptoms, it's hard and you get put on a permanent restriction or a permanent, and this is just generally speaking, it's, you won't qualify for those roles because of your, your restrictions. So um, some positions that hold a higher um, level of like, it's hard to say. So it's like, if something is a more higher level where they need a certain medical profile, it's hard to get that with that diagnosis. So whether if a doctor will write that or not, depending on your symptoms, but um, those are definitely hurdles to, to go through. So it definitely limits you to different opportunities for sure. And so like, are, are those, Oh, I think, yeah, no, I'm not muted. Okay, good. I was going to say, are those things that are yeah. kind of like, that's like a, a door that's closed forever, or is that something that you can get cleared for in the future? You know, I think that's uh, it's kind of a loaded question, I guess. Um, I don't, it, it's hard to say. Um, I think all of us in this career, we have expiry dates too for how long we can work or how long our bodies can handle certain positions and roles. So, um, it, it definitely, him, it definitely, um, you definitely, I found out you have to make a decision between what you want to do. So whether you want to focus where you want to put your focus and energy on rather than, 
Um, so for me, it was at that point when I finally came forward, it was, it was my mental health. I had to put my focus and energy into my mental health. And, and yeah, you know, I get that for sure, man, because, um, I mean, if you were to look at it from the standpoint, like you got a daughter, you said, and it's like, do I want to keep going down this road that maybe I, I get more and more unhealthy as I continue to go down? You know, what kind of a father do I want to be? What kind of a leader do I want to be? What kind of an example do I want to set? Like, I think at the end of the day, and this is just my perspective, because I kind of align more with like the family side of it as well. Yeah. So um, I think sometimes when you have that diagnosis and you and you are and you are about um, going through the journey. Um, I think sometimes, not just in my organization, it could be any organization or any business, there could be uh, a perception that they might be off work later on, or they might not be reliable, or they might be diseased almost. Like, not that's what not what they say, but you know what I mean? And there might be a reluctancy or if you're put on with restrictions, there might be a reluctancy to take you for that position or even qualify for that position. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I don't know if it's forever, uh, but yeah. Well, and I think that, I think that even just kind of like the idea of taking a step back and looking at your perspectives differently, because like once you have like a family started, you're like, dude, what kind of a father do I really want to be? Like, do I want to be around? Do yeah. I want to be not just physically here, but like mentally present and mentally able to yeah. like uh, take on the hardships that, you know, cause like, um, you know, this better than I, man. Like I don't have any children. I have a girlfriend. So like, that's a, that's the only person I have like ever yeah. relying on me, yeah. but it's like, even then it's like, do yeah. I want to be mentally present for them? Do I want to be able to help them through any hardship that they're going yeah. through? Yeah, and that's and you know what? That's a tough, that's a tough decision that we all make. I think, and and for me, it's when you a lot for a lot of years because we all do it. We all push to the limit. Like we don't, you know, we don't go in there and do it half ass. We are all pushing the limit. So we push this point to the point where now, holy shit, I need to now make this decision. Where it's not a, a lot of times it's not either trained or it's not taught or or promoted to mitigate that as we go it's wait till it's at the end and then you're going to make that hard decision and and for me it was you know my daughter's most important thing to me so i had to make i made the it wasn't a hard decision for me it's not an easy thing it's something that i miss for sure or that mindset um that you, that i had before i made that decision because you almost have to change a whole different mindset because it's hard to be it's hard to be both for sure, especially when you're dealing with PTSD and you're dealing with anxiety, depression, or whatever whatever it is that you're dealing with, to be going through treatment while still doing what brought you to that spot. Because, um, you know I mean? There's like all those catchphrase sayings where you can't heal in the same environment that you're broken in. But it's, so it's dealing with both and taking a step back and, and sometimes hoping that that opportunity is still available later on, but some people it's definitely difficult to make the decision of, can you raise a family and do the high level that you're doing for? And, um, it's not always the case that it's possible. So it's, it's a short life that we live. And once you have that responsibility or that commitment, it's owning that commitment. 
like my favorite thing that you said is like you just can't you can't sometimes heal in the in the environment that you are broken in that uh dude that resonates a lot because it's not just like workplaces or anything like that like you see that as well in like relationships where like I've, I've got like close buddies where like they stay in relationships for way too long or um, yeah, even like workplaces that just kind of like uh, take a toll on you even physically, you know, like I've got a lot of buddies that work in like the oil rigs or anything like that. And they're like just there for the money. And then they end up getting hooked on painkillers. They end up getting hooked on a bunch of different shit. And it's like, man, you're kind of blowing all your money and your health just trying to make more money. Like, what are you doing there? Yeah, exactly. It's such an easy rabbit hole to fall down. It's crazy to think that we kind of, like, stick around in those environments, too, for, like, some people kind of stick around for a little far too long. You know, like, it's crazy to think that um, people stay in those situations. But, do you, you yeah. know, like, um, there's kind of... And this might be something that you've kind of had experience with looking at as well, but like, there's kind of like, there's, um, those guys that, and I I like always think about my dad like this, like, he's like one of those guys that just seems like he just can't be broken. You know, like there's nothing like that seems too traumatic for him where, you know, like there's things that kind of cripple me where I go to him and I'm like, have you dealt with this in the past? And like, I kind of ask him about it. And he's like one of those old school Canadian dads where he's just like, yeah, I just kept working. Like, did you, did you ever come across those guys in the force as well? Like, um, and like, what kind of, what do you think kind of separates like, you know, someone like you or I, like where it's like, you know, where we have to kind of take a step back sometimes, like where those guys seem like they're just unfazed by anything. You know, I think me personally, I think it's almost a frame of mind. Like for me, everything was easier when I was working. Like, they don't, like, I, I, going off work was the toughest thing I ever did. So, so it's like, when the music stops, that's when shit starts to, to come to the surface. So when you're working and you're going nonstop 24 hours and you, you got, you got this drive, if that's all you want, other things are suffering, but you don't even realize it because you're just so tunnel visioned. You're just focused on your goal, whether that be to make money, to put food on the table, to work, whatever business you're in. Once you take a step back and you go on kind of open-minded and self-conscious about these kind of things are failing, that's when, like, I found for me, everything started percolating to the surface. And it was like, holy shit. Now when things come up, it's like, I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this. I'm not just saying fucking, I'm not just departmentalizing, departmentalizing it and moving to the next thing. It, it's It's... That is definitely, I, I've definitely been there because it was like, I remember working and you'd be on these buy-on calls and I'd wear a Fitbit and my heart would never change the whole call, nothing. Like it was just, that was it. And then once you stop working and you're kind of just thinking and that's when you start getting anxiety or depression or, or whatever at night laying there and thinking about everything because you can't wait to get back to work because once you put that uniform or that, or that whatever you wear to work, that's over, you're back in the game. So that stuff doesn't matter. It goes to the back of the brain. Eventually it comes out, whether it comes out in failed relationships, whether it comes out in supporting other people or whether it comes out in however it comes out. For me, it was, I worked as a way to mask all the other symptoms. And we do that in the training where you got to go balls to the wall. Don't pay no gain. Right? You got to go there seven days a week. Because why? Why? Right? <laughs> I still do it. But it's like, 
we do it to mask other things or you do it where you take on new things to so you don't feel and it's it's distractions almost so for me it was like once i accepted the fact that their distractions are coming to the surface and i want to deal with it it's it, they almost you feel like they're coming more often for sure oh yeah and i think it's just open, open mindedness yeah, for sure. I, I resonate with that a lot, especially right now. I, uh, I'm kind of going through a little like change in my life where I've, you know, I was prescribed marijuana for a fucking long time, actually, because of like ADHD and depression, anxiety for a lot of different reasons, actually. And uh, it started off as like a prescription from one of my doctors. And then I ended up pretty much just self medicating for years and years, like, obviously, I wasn't sticking to the dosages. I'm, I'm smoking a lot and yeah. it's like an all day thing. Like it's like yeah. bong beside my bed when I wake up in the morning before yeah. work, you know, when I get home from work before dinner, after a workout before bed. And then it's, it wasn't until just yeah. recently where I was like, man, I got to really quit this. Like I got to really, I, I, this is becoming like more of a crutch than it is helping me at all. Yes. And, um, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? So, I think a lot of, a lot of people that I've seen, get prescribed it and they definitely you know a lot of times needed 100 percent, 100 percent. but they stretch it you oh, know what yeah. i mean where it's like no i need to stay numb now because i don't want to feel and that's what it is it's like i like they they want to be high they want to be numb or whatever whatever medication they're on or whatever their poison is it's they want to be numb and then they don't feel anything and it's you use it when you need to use your prescriptions when you need your prescriptions but a lot of times the, the rules or people are self um, talking themselves into that. That's actually, no, no, that's a prescription. I need that. I need that. Really? You need to wake and bake. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's some people do, some people do, don't get me wrong. They're in that stage of their treatment where they do, but eventually, like, like you said, I'm super proud of you for doing for coming to that terms. Like you should be proud of that because it's the same thing. You come to go, I don't need, like, what am I doing here? And it's like, eventually it just clicks. What am I doing? Like, Let's 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 start taking another look at what we're, what we got going on here, rather than just using it as a crutch or using it as an escape from what. Yeah, I love what you said because it's like maybe at certain points of your treatment it might be necessary, but like definitely where I was at like recently, I, I kept thinking to myself like, what's holding me like kind of feeling like stagnant in my life, and that was the only thing that I was like reluctant to change. Like I was always like, okay, I'll push myself harder physically. I'll work more yeah. hours. I'll wake up earlier. I'll, I'll like read more. I'll journal more. I'll go to the doctor more. Like there was all these things I was willing to change. And then it was like, what's the one thing I'm not really willing to look at, you know? And, um, yeah. the reason I started, thinking, yeah, the, the reason I brought it up is cause like I'm on uh, day 20 now being like a hundred percent sober and man, oh, like, thanks dude. But, um, yeah. But what it, what I was gonna say is, um, dude, it it makes me think a lot of like what you're saying was when the music stops because like when I'm when I'm in bed, man, and I go to sleep, it's like having the most wicked night terrors I've ever had, and I wake up like just drenched in sweat, and it's like, yeah, this is probably what I was numbing out, man, and this is probably where I should start yeah. taking a look into my life. Yeah, absolutely. You know what happens? It's crazy when you start you remove the crutch and you realize, holy shit. Yeah, and you know what? At times, like you said, you you might need you need it. Like at times, prescriptions are definitely needed, and it's just a matter of 
being upfront with your doctors and being upfront with yourself and, and, and kind of self-checking yourself and knowing, am I still using this for the reason why I was prescribed it? Or am I just numb and, and do I just, do I just, you know what I mean? Want to, want to um, escape reality. And it's easy to fall in that trap and, and be stuck in that hole for a long time. And uh, super proud of you for getting out of that. That's, that's awesome. But yeah, definitely, definitely experience the same thing. So the night terrors, once you kind of stop the medication at night, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Waking up in cold sweats. That's like the absolute worst. I, or like there's times where like I wake up like the first couple of nights, my girl was like, did you wet the fucking bed, man? Like what the hell is going on? I'm like, oh yeah, I, you gotta like, I've done it. I've done it too, man. Sleep with a towel beside the bed, just because you know you're gonna have to wake up and put it down, or you're gonna have to switch sides, you're gonna have to change the sheet. Though it's uh, that's a wicked, wicked symptom that's awful, and it passes for sure. It did for me. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure. I um I've always kind of prided myself on having like high high levels of discipline, but that was like the biggest area where I was the most undisciplined. Yeah. It was like, man, I think this is using me more than I'm using. <laughs> well, and you come up with your brain comes up with a million excuses, right? Like, no, no, it's because of this, this. I don't need. I, I'm doing. I'm gonna work harder. I'm gonna do this stuff harder. So you, yeah, you end up doing a million things harder just to keep that one crutch. It's uh, and then it's just using you. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like I totally get you. It's nuts, man. Have you um? Yeah. Have, have you had, like, since you've started kind of speaking more out about this, have you had kind of people that you had, like, maybe uh, approach you and say, like, hey, man, I've been going through this or that, that you, like, completely were, like, unsuspecting of, like, that you maybe grew up with or? Yeah, like, it, it was once I once started kind of up north and down here and, and almost everywhere, I've gotten a ton of messages from other members saying, yeah, I've been going through the same thing and. I'm just starting to get some help or what, where do I go? How do I do this? And, uh, super, um, definitely sits well with me. Like just the appreciation that someone would take the time to message me to talk about their, their stuff and, and willing to share that with, with me and then starting their own journey. It's, um, I definitely notice it's almost like, uh, like one person puts their hand up, like I said, three other, four other, five other are going to do it too. And, as more people do, more people are putting their hands up and realizing that if you need to go talk to someone or you do need help or you are struggling, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not different. You're equal. You're just like us. Like we're all the same. We all need to talk to someone and we all are here to get each other through it. And, and there's no shame in nothing. So that's what is kind of the biggest mover for me is finding that there are other people out there that are, that are struggling too. And then now I feel confident because of what Fowler's doing or what you're doing and what all of us are doing, um, seeing other people come forward, whether it's a comment, whether it's a like, or whether they're just like in the background, not ready to hit that like button, not ready to comment or send a DM and not ready for the journey, but they're watching and they know that they're not alone and they're listening to this and they know that when they're ready, they'll come forward and when they're ready, they'll get help and we'll, we'll be here to accept them. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with it. And, and when you're ready, you're ready. And, and um, it definitely sits well with me knowing that like yourself and all these people that are coming forward and opening up and showing that there ain't nothing wrong with it. it you're a lot braver than you think you are because I me mean, going off work was the toughest thing I ever did. Like there are people understand it. like going in and saying you need help 
or going and getting that doctor's note was one of the most challenging things. And I remember for days, I was like, I'm not doing it. You drive there, you just drive back home. You drive there, you drive back home, or you go, ah, I don't need to do anything. And to actually do that is not easy. So anyone that's done it should never feel ashamed of it. And anyone that you know did it, um, definitely have respect for them because it's not easy. It's not a vacation. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And there's nothing more satisfying than seeing someone being humble with themselves and getting the help they need because they're helping me too. When you tell me your story or where, you, where they say those things, everything sits with me and, and it helps me through my process too. So it's much appreciated to everyone that does it. Yeah, yeah. I feel the exact same way. Like when people message me and they say like kind of like, hey man, listen to your podcast, like help me. I'm like, bro, you just help me. Like there's so yeah. many times where like, I don't know if you kind of feel the same way with Valor or anything like that, but there's so many times yeah. where I wake up and I'm like, I don't know if I should keep doing this. Like this seems like so yeah. much work and I feel like it's not really resonating with people. So like when someone actually no. does reach out, I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like I actually do have a purpose in this world. Absolutely. And, and anyone that's listening that, that might be listening and you don't know who they are, but, and they listen to this and realize that, you know, tomorrow's a new day if you're struggling today that's okay you're struggling today we'll get through it tomorrow's a new day and tomorrow's the sun's gonna shine so it's uh getting people through it and and bringing awareness and bringing that it is a community and you're everyone's a part of it there's no there's no you don't need a pass to get in you don't need a badge to get in you don't need anything to get in we're all equal and that's kind of the biggest thing in our community push yeah, man. And how does that make you feel like having like, a, I don't know how old your daughter is, but like having like a, a young child, like how do you think like that's going to be for the next generation? Like, do you, are you more optimistic about how they're going to be able to deal with mental health? Yeah. You know, like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine my daughter's five and you know, I grew up with them as a messenger and that kind of lame stuff. So it's like, I couldn't imagine growing up in, in today's environment, but I think the new, era growing up in the new era coming through the workforce and young kids they're going to be more receptive to getting help and getting their needs and not being ashamed to do it because there obviously is still a generation where you do suck it up and you work through it and that's the way they're raised i can't blame them because that's what they all they know so it's us setting the, the stage for the new generation coming in and the current generation that it's okay to to need help and process different things and Maybe that saves them from going down a dark road for a few years or forever or whatever they do to process things efficiently for their future. And I think that's the biggest progress that we're going to see coming up is there's no shame in needing help. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, what was I? I was, I had one more thing I was going to ask. Oh, the other thing I was going to ask you is, um, and I've been asking a couple of people this question. It's kind of like a stumper, but I'll see what yeah. I, I want to see what you think. And there's no like right or wrong yeah. answer because I don't have an answer for this. It's something that's been bothering yeah. me. But like, um, you know, you hear about like kind of uh, the most like kind of heart wrenching stories, like the the most like kind of like uh, like we have like the downtown east side here in Vancouver, which is like kind of uh, like the worst area in Metro Vancouver here. And you kind of yeah. like, I, I used to kind of go and volunteer down there, hand out like food and clothes. And I would just try and like interview people down there and like try and talk to them. And you, you yeah. ask them like, kind of like what, what yeah. resulted in them living like that? 
you know, like where they're just like living on the streets, no money for food, drug addicted, et cetera. You've, you've seen this probably more than I have, but, um, you hear about like what landed someone in that position. And it always ends up being like, Oh, this tragic thing happened. And then that, that was like the catalyst for them. And then you look at all the people that we look up to, whether that be like your pro athletes, uh, I don't know, like your favorite musicians, maybe your favorite author, maybe like, uh, a coworker, maybe your parents, whatever it is. And you're like, what made this person so great? And you hear about, oh, this tragic thing happened. And then they shifted their life completely. You know where I'm going with this? Like, it's kind of like, what's, what's the difference between the person that like a a tragic thing happens and then they're able to kind of uh, like piece their life back together. And then there's the people that like the tragic thing happens and their life completely falls apart. Because it sounds like you're yeah. one of those people where like something happened in your life or maybe a bunch of small events happened in your life yeah. and it sent you on an upward trajectory. Like, what do you yeah. think kind of differentiates those two people? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think for myself, um, kind of finding whether it be a friend or whether it be your family or because a lot is a support system and um i think sometimes like every great story comes from adversity like there was something in there like you said something that came from adversity and, and kind of how you handled that and um for me there was a lot of down days for sure um going through my process i was fortunate for myself to have people that i could reach out to candidly and talk to them without judgment and without um, reserve. And they would tell me the truth. They would tell me, it's not just some of your best friends are the ones that tell you the shit you don't want to hear. And that's what I needed in those moments. So um, it's definitely, I think, heart-wrenching for sure when you see the adversity that some people went through that led them down to like the people you were talking, talking about there that are kind of in those that are stuck in those positions. Um, I think it's extremely difficult if you don't have the support system or your support system, unfortunately, sometimes can be the ones that lead you down that road, especially when you're, when you're sick and vulnerable and you're just looking for a life jacket. Like if you're looking for a life jacket and the person's throwing you an anchor, like it's, it's going to be difficult to swim. You know what I mean? And it's, it's for me, I was fortunate enough to have, um, friends and uh, my immediate family that um, like my father and mother and sisters and stuff and um, my support system that I have now that push me and challenge me and um, some days aren't easy but if you don't have that or you have the support system that kind of doesn't help or, or pushes in the other direction it's easy to fall down that down that hole and uh, I don't know if I answer, probably didn't answer your question but for me, it's the um, it was my support system that I had, and the membership, the uh, few officers that I had up up north, that uh, really, really supported me and kind of didn't judge, and that was kind of the biggest thing is you because know, sometimes you know when you come out you can lose some friends, excuse me, um, or people don't know what to say so they don't say anything, and that's fine too. Like there's no issues for me for that, but you have the few that you could really talk to and really lean on and they kind of 
push you in the direction and tell you things you don't want to hear. And you got to be open to hearing those too and have humility to know, look, this guy's telling me I need to suck. I need to get my life together. I need to do this stuff. And, and not just telling me, get it together and walking away, but giving me helpful plans and seeing me through that holding me accountable and ultimately holding myself accountable. Um, but I definitely feel for the, for the people that didn't have anywhere else to turn. And that was where they turned to, to get the, almost the feeling of not feeling. And it was like, and once you're in that and stuck in that, and I can imagine like you seeing the people downtown there is, it's difficult to get out of, especially because once you stop, you start feeling again, those pains. So it's, yeah, I probably didn't answer your question, but that's good. No, dude, I, I think you answered it perfectly. Like kind of just the idea of having that support system or if you don't have it, then looking for a support system. Like I know like um, there's, a, there's a lot of times where like I've had those moments where it's like, man, I really don't have a support system because I was too embarrassed to talk about a lot of these things with the people that actually were in my life. And it's like, man, I had this support system here. And I didn't even know it. I wasn't even acknowledging it because I was just kind of too uh, in, in my own head, in my own ego oh, yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And once you get over that, I think, because you, you don't realize some the support system you have until you, until you kind of put the ego aside and just say, and then you realize that there's a lot of people that do anything for you. And, but it is difficult. And I definitely can understand it for sure. Being too, proud or you think people don't want to waste their time or they don't care there's a lot of people that do care and there's a lot of resources um and there's a lot of support systems whether you don't have it immediately with the internet and with all, everything that you're doing and valor and other programs are doing you send a message and we'll we'll be your support system we'll help you out we'll we'll get you in touch with people nearby or we'll we'll work with you because uh the support system is a lot bigger than we all realize the problem is, is we, we isolate and and are too proud or think we're not going to be tough or whatever. And ultimately, once you're through it on the other side, you realize that was the toughest thing I had to do. It was a lot easier to say shit and do nothing. <laughs> like, it was hard to go through it. Like, your, your whole body and life's going to suffer if you don't. But once you do, you realize that was the toughest fight I ever fought. Like, the toughest person you ever even fight yourself. So once you realize that that's what you got to do to get better on the other side, like, you'll get better and, and, and you'll have a team and group willing to help you out. It might not be the team and group that you think you have today, but as you outgrow and as you grow yourself, you're going to outgrow people around you too. It's just, it's just a reality of life. Yeah, man. I, um, you might've just actually answered the question I was going to ask you, but I was going to say like for anyone that's listening to this and they kind of feel like, like I've felt like this in the past, even recently, there's been days where I felt like this, where like, I literally just call my girlfriend, like tears welling in my eyes. And I'm like, I can't fucking keep doing this. Like, I can't continue to do this. Like I, I like literally recently called my girl and I'm like, I'm done with the podcast. I'm done with construction. Like I'm done with everything I'm doing right now. I'm going to go move out to butt fuck nowhere. Like I'm just going to isolate this. Like there's no hope in continuing this fucking journey. And like, what would yeah. you say to someone that just kind of feels like giving it all up or even worse like than that? You know what? I, I've read some books when I was doing selection and stuff like that next day. Like the sun's always going to rise next day. You're always going to have a new day. Reach out. We're all going to have those days where you feel like quitting. You feel like stopping or dumping everything you're doing and just going into the hole. 
and go into the basement. And if you need some of those hours, give yourself and give me, give yourself a mulligan and take it. Like, and then in a couple hours when you're ready, sometimes we walk back to the girlfriend or we walk back to your spouse or whoever it is and say, yeah, I'm sorry. I was kind of an asshole there or whatever. <laughs> I was in a dark spot and you move on. We all do it. Right. And it's, um, the biggest thing is like, there's no shame in what you're feeling. It's just part of the fight and part of the journey. It's not easy. It's never going to be easy. And what you're feeling, you're feeling about quitting or you're feeling about stopping or you're feeling whatever it is you're feeling that, that's not positive. That's just your growth. And whenever you're growing, it's, you get growing pains. So it's, it's going to take, it's going to take time, but every day is a new day. So reach out and you don't, and when I say reach out, it doesn't always mean like reach out to someone, your buddies and say, I'm struggling. Just reach out and send them a meme or send them a joke or say, what's going on? Just to talk to someone and, and shoot the shit. You don't need to say, I'm struggling today, man. Like, cause a lot of people don't do that, but just message and say, what's, what's, you just want to hang out or you just want to have a beer. Or you just want to have a pop or whatever it is that you do just to get yourself through that little moment in time. Cause it's temporary and it always is temporary. So just remember that it's temporary. Yeah. Yeah. I find, um, yeah, just finding like some sort of a constructive way to kind of, and, and like we we were talking about like distractions and crutches earlier, but I found recently like just being able to like, yeah, whether it's going to the gym or like reason, like last year I, I started doing jujitsu and it's like having that one hour, an hour and a half to just kind of like literally be forced to focus on anything else. Like even if it's just weightlifting or like yeah. going for a run where yeah. you just focus on, okay, I just got to get my next breath. I just got to get my yeah. next breath and having like an hour to just have all your problems melt away and have something physical to push through. Sometimes that was enough for me to just kind of be like, okay, if I could push through that, like maybe there's, there's a way I can transfer this into like my mental struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just got to get, find ways to get out of that rut and that's, and we always get in them and that's, and then goals too. Like, cause then I'm sure after your jiu-jitsu class, you're thinking about everything that happened in that class and, you're thinking about how you can be better next class and what you got to do better next class. So it's always, it's like the power of positive thinking. It's like when you start having these positive aspects in your life, you have things to look forward to because a lot of times with depression and PTSD and whether, whatever field you're in, things are taken away and then you get in a rut where you're like, I got nothing. Like, but you don't have nothing. You got lots. We just got to find out what that is and try new things and be vulnerable. That's the biggest thing too. Yeah, it's so hard sometimes to just be able to take inventory on like what we actually have, though, and be grateful for those things. Because I mean, like I was talking to a guy today and it's like, if you look around, like I live in like kind of a small little apartment here in Vancouver, like it's less than a thousand square feet. But it's like, you know, a thousand years ago, no matter how many riches you had, you could never afford a life like this where you had a fridge to keep your meat in, like a a cast iron pan to cook your food in instantly. Like they're like the the kings of the world wouldn't have been able to have what I have a thousand years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Well, man, I think that's a, a beautiful place to wrap this up. Cause I know that you're a couple hours ahead of me and I'm going to start having dinner pretty soon and getting ready for bed for work tomorrow. But Oh, man, I right really, I really appreciate you coming on here and having this right chat on. with me, man. And I'm looking forward to round two if you're open to that. But I don't know if you have yeah. any closing thoughts or anything that you wanted to say. Yeah. Any, any people you want to shout out? 
Um, no, I really appreciate it, the time and what you're doing here with the podcast. It's, it's great. Even even if there's one person that gets them on a rut, you know, that's a success every podcast. And um, if you need anything, you know, you can send Val or DM. You can send us an email. Um, send any of us messages. Just find someone. If you're having a rough day or you're having a good day, reach out. Annoy, annoy your friends if you think they're having a rough day. Just send them messages, bug them, because everyone needs them. I love that, man. Um, did you want to? Do you want to give your uh, your accounts a plug, like uh, your uh, like just the Valor? It's the Valor dot Maritime, or is it Valor Maritime? Or? Yeah, yeah, Valor dot Maritime. They're on on Instagram, and then uh, same thing. And you can find all of our links through our uh, tree there through the Instagram for our, our website and other um, resources that we have available as well. You can send us a DM if you need uh, need to reach out or whatever. We're always we're always around and uh, we'll be happy to help and talk to you. Awesome, man! I'll throw that in the description of this as well for anyone that that uh, that needs to reach out. But man, thank you so much, Gary. It was like a, yeah. a fucking pleasure talking to you, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Available anytime. Take care. All right, man. Have a good night, man. Peace out. Yeah.